My name is Minu Kim, associate, associate pastor here at St. Stephen's, and I want to uh, welcome you uh, and also share my joy uh, that we get to worship this morning together uh, here uh, in this space and also for those uh, with those who are joining us online. Today's scripture message comes from uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep and from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and vi visited you? And the king will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the word of God for us, the people of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Pray with me for a second. <clears throat> oh Lord, we give you thanks for gathering us this morning once again as we listen to your word. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you. O oh Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. For uh, many of us, today is the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And for some of us, today is Sunday before Advent. And as Pastor Spencer mentioned, today is also Christ the King Sunday, according to our church calendar. 
whether you are aware of it or not, you, all of you, are familiar with the church calendar, or, or also known as our liturgical church year. And this church calendar follows the life of Jesus Christ and his teaching. This season, this year, the church calendar begins with what? Advent, where we uh, wait for the birth of Christ and it goes to Christmas, Jesus' birth. And then there is Epiphany, where the three kings visit the baby Jesus in the manger. And then there is the baptism of the Lord. After that, we go through the season of Lent, which begins with Jesus' temptation in the wilderness and then follows his public ministry. And then there is Holy Week, following the last days of Jesus' earthly ministry through the Last Supper on Monday, Thursday, his crucifixion on Good Friday, and his resurrection on Easter Sunday. After Easter, there is Ascension, Ascension Day, where Jesus goes back, the risen Christ goes back to the Father. And then there is Pentecost Sunday, where the gift of the Holy Spirit comes down and give birth to the church. After Pentecost, we call this season, call, we call this season ordinary time, where we learn about the life of the church as the body of Christ. And today is the last day of this season of ordinary time, as well as the, litur the church liturgical year, as the calendar resets next Sunday, starting with Advent all over again. So, according to our church calendar, today is the conclusion, the very last chapter, the finale of the story of Jesus told by the church calendar. And so, let me ask you this question. How does this story of Jesus end, end according to our scriptures? How does this story all end? If you're confident, you can shout it out. How does the story end? The rain? Sorry? A right hand of God sitting. Anyone else? Well, we can look to the very last book of the Bible, which is Revelation, where John shares the vision of what the end, the, end, the end of the age looks like. He says, I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the, under the earth and in the sea, all that is in them singing to the one seated on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. So again, Jesus sitting on the right hand of God on this throne. We have our earthly kings whom we make as our idols in our life or whom we are forced to worship. But those kings are only temporary. They come and go. But Jesus is not only the king to whom we give our personal allegiance to, but he is also king of kings and lord of lords, the eternal everlasting one whom 
all creatures bow before, and the one who will remain and reign forevermore when everything comes to an end. This is what it means for Jesus to be king uh, in our Christian confession. The scripture talks on numerous occasions that at the end of the age, we will be standing before the throne and be judged according to Jesus' righteousness. We call this the last or the final judgment, which is part of the final event in the divine plan that it also includes the second coming and the creation of a new heaven and a new earth. So on this Christ the King Sunday, not only are we to think about our allegiance to Christ in the present days, but also to think about the final days when we appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And essentially, these two things are like the two sides of the same coin, similar to how the kingdom of God is both already here on earth and not yet in heaven. To stand under Christ's judgment in the future is to stand beneath him on the mount now, in the present, and hear about those whom Jesus pronounces as blessed. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus' disciples ask him one final question before his impending arrest and death. Tell us, when will this be, and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? To this question, Jesus does not answer with codified messages, secretly telling them the year, the month, the day, or the hour. Jesus even goes on to say not to believe those who say, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is. Rather, Jesus answers with parables, preparing his disciples with what they are supposed to do in the meantime. The first parable he shares is the parable of the ten bridesmaids, that no one knows the hour of the groom's arrival, thus the bridesmaids must stay awake and be alert. The second parable is the parable of the talents, which Pastor Spencer shared last month, that we are expected to be faithful, responsible stewards of God's gift. And today's reading that we just read together is the third and the last parable Jesus shares with his disciples, commonly known as the parable of the sheep and the goats. In this parable, all the nations are gathered before the king who sits on the throne of his glory. And he separates people one from another like how a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. The king speaks to the so-called sheep. Come, you that are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then they ask, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? 
And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked or gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and vi visited you? And the king answers, truly I tell you, just as you did it to the, one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. And the king speaks also to the so-called goats. You that are accursed, depart from me into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not give me clothing. Sick or, and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they ask, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? And the king answers, truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. Now, I do not think that this parable is simply calling us to be charitable kind-hearted people to the least of these. I also do not think the parable is suggesting that we are to pretend seeing Jesus in the least of these. Rather, I believe what the parable is teaching us now, today, is to be witnesses of God's kingdom through reimagining the idea of family. Earlier in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus says something very strange to his disciples as they are about to go on a mission. He says, do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. Whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me, follow me is not worthy of me. Those who find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. Why would the Prince of Peace say such a thing? Here, Jesus is warning his disciples of how they would be rejected and persecuted for his sake, how they would be separated even from their own family members as the sword separates. Jesus' teaching also alludes to the expectation that the disciples are to separate themselves from their old life as they are called to live anew, to be born again. Our old life is represented in the way we understand family so solely through bloodlines. The violence between nations and tribes is often justified in the, in the name of protecting our bloodline, our heritage, our culture, and our way of life. If that is the reason behind us waging wars against one another, then does our loyalty really lie? in Christ the King. Of course, Jesus is not calling us to voluntarily excommunicate ourselves from our family members, but rather calling us 
to become witnesses of God's kingdom that goes beyond our way, our old way of understanding family. To think about the kingdom of hospitality that goes beyond our limited understanding of family. The kingdom of those whom Jesus pronounces as blessed. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The sword Jesus has brought, the sword that is an alternative to the world's understanding of peace, the sword that separates the old life from the new, is the cross. The purpose of the cross is not death, but resurrection. Just as the purpose of the judgment is not death, but also resurrection. The one who takes up the cross and follows Jesus will find new life in God's kingdom, both already here on earth and not yet in heaven. This is why I believe today's parable is about becoming witnesses of God's kingdom through reimagining the idea of family in Christ. The parable is not about becoming nice people, but about becoming kingdom people. This parable, parable is about Jesus being king, reminding us, truly I tell you, just as you did it to the one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. As I personally continue to grow in my role as a parent, more and more I appreciate Paul's analogy of God's love as the spirit of adoption. As I naturally grow to love my own children, all I can wonder is whether I can also share this same love, although imperfect, with those around me, my neighbors, my enemies, the blessed, the least of these. I know I have been a recipient of this immensely expensive love of God through many strangers in life, and so I am grateful. And I am also grateful to be part of St. Stephen's at this point of my journey, as I witness how the confession of Jesus as King is lived out through a variety of ways here, in places like Grace Ministries, Shepherd's Ministry, Stephen Ministry, Church and Society, Manger Ministry, and many other ministries and individuals who share God's love that is analogous to the spirit of adoption. And I hope this is also what you are seeing and witnessing here at St. Stephen's.
And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, I ask you to check out the Advent version, uh, Advent edition of the scroll. Whenever we get bogged down with what is happening in our world, both near and far, whenever we get paralyzed with fear, whenever we get pessimistic or cynical about the future, my prayer is that our continued allegiance to Christ gives us hope, a kind of hope that keeps us awake and alert, a kind of hope that makes us faithful stewards of God's gift, a kind of hope that transforms us to be witnesses of God's kingdom that goes beyond our understanding. In the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.